Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist recommended facial moisturizer brand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the BBC Good Food Podcast with me, Tracy Ray. This week, we're talking about healthy weight loss, what the biggest barriers are for those trying to lose excess weight, as well as the most common misconceptions we've all heard about. There are many benefits to losing excess weight if you're doing this in a safe and healthy way. So in this episode, we hope to guide you through nutrition tips and insights to help you to become your healthiest self. Joining me is Emma White, Senior Nutritionist at NutriCheck, the top-rated food diary app and website. Emma has worked as a nutritionist for eight years with a special focus on weight loss, most specifically what it actually takes on a practical level to achieve and maintain weight loss long term. She's guided and advised thousands of people over the years towards successful weight loss in a way that works for them. Hi, Emma. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Tracy. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. Good, good. Well, I'm so excited to have you here because weight loss is such a popular topic and it's something that we get asked about all of the time. Um, So it's amazing to have an expert like yourself on the podcast today. Um, I'm going to dive right in because I know we'll have so much to talk about. Um, And I'd love just to start by asking your opinion When it comes to healthy weight loss, what is actually considered healthy? Is there a certain kind of dietary approach? Is there a certain amount of weight that I should be losing? A certain amount of calories I should be looking at? Things like that. Definitely, there are healthier ways to to approach it and and less healthy ways. It's recommended to aim for around a one to two pound a week um, rate of weight loss. That's sort of a moderate rate. Um, So it's seen to be sort of uh, sustainable and achievable. Um, It can be tempting for people to want to um, go for sort of extreme quick fixes. But the research does show that those um, don't tend to last sort of long term and have long term um, results. Also, things like cutting out entire food groups, I think, 
alarm bells for me is when you're seeing a diet that's promoting cutting out an entire food group. You know, there's three macronutrients, fat, carbs, protein, that are all needed in our diet to some extent. I believe in making sort of small, sustainable changes. Think about small things that you can do and change in your diet for a positive sort of change. Um, whether it be starting the day with a healthy breakfast, um, aim to exercise just once a week to start with and, until you can make that a habit. Um, try to just include a little bit more fruit and veg, switch to wholemeal bread from white bread, just little things like that. And once you kind of build on them over time, what you'll find is that look back in six months' time and you'll have come so far, but it won't have felt like you've made, that you've had to have sort of severe sacrifice. I wanted to just briefly bring up the emotional side of weight loss because I think, um, you know, as you'll have experienced with many of the the people you've coached over the years, weight loss can be quite an emotional thing. So I was just interested what your thoughts are in terms of when approaching weight loss, when trying to make those dietary changes, what can we do to kind of nurture the emotional side and make sure that we don't kind of fall into some of those pitfalls of, you know, negativity around eating or or things like that? Yeah, I think it's that's a really, really interesting point. And I think people do need to be aware of the emotional impact of diet. So, you know, our, our diet can affect our emotions um, and our emotions can affect our, our diet. So it's like a two-way relationship. So it's really important. I think definitely this trying not to jump into those extreme approaches, like I said, that's going to make it very challenging is going to make the journey that bit more difficult for you um, and there's going to bring up these feelings of deprivation and it's going to be really hard and potentially bring up like ne negative associations with it and actually if you go at it in a much more balanced way um, and and see it as a positive thing for yourself so you know making better food choices actually will make you feel better and healthier and happier, hopefully. And it's all supposed to be to the benefit of your mind and your emotions and things as well. And I think on the other side of our emotions sort of affecting our food choices, um, you know, if you know that you're an emotional eater, um, a lot of us are, you know, if we get a little bit sad, then we might just reach for the biscuit tin. And I often say to our members, it's like, um, think ahead, if you know that's something that you do, then try to think about putting in something in place so that next time that behaviour starts to exhibit, choose a different tact. So if you say to yourself, next time I'm feeling sad and I'm going to reach for um, the biscuit tin, I'm going to strap on my trainers and I'm just going to go for a walk instead and I'm going to clear my head. Then if you've told yourself and set that in, in motion beforehand, hopefully when that behaviour starts to come out, you'll think, nope, I'm going to do that instead. And you'll feel so much better for it. Um, so I think it's often like learning those things about yourself as well, like about your emotional relationship with food and are there things that you can plan in advance to help you sort of adjust those behaviours. That's a really, really good tip, actually. I love that just kind of because essentially what you're doing is you're trying to distract the brain and just kind of create a new circuit or, or a neural connection in the brain to say, oh, when I'm bored or, you know, when I think I'm hungry, but I'm not hungry, just, you know, yeah. put in a different insert a different activity, which yeah, I think is exactly. such a good yeah. habit. And also, I think just to say to anyone listening that, you know, an emotional um kind of reaction or relationship to to food can is a spectrum um and so while I would say well I think we'd probably both agree from discussions we, we've had before um 
most people have some sort of emotional ties with food. Um, but there are other sides of, of emotional ties with food that can be on the more extreme end. And I think it's really important to um, check in with yourself and recognize that, you know, if you're finding food or kind of eating healthy or like changes to to food or eating very distressing or overly emotional, then it probably is a good idea to talk to your GP or seek counselling or kind of specialist help before kind of looking down the weight loss avenue because sometimes we have to unravel those emotional ties to food before we can actually then kind of do um, the other work to achieve our goals. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. I think, yeah, like you say, being very in tune with yourself and honest and if if you're starting to notice some sort of worrying feelings or behaviours, then it's, re- yeah, it's really important to reach out um, and get the relevant support for that because there are people that can help and can help you find an approach that's going to suit you um, and help you in a healthy way. Something that I'm very eager to pick your brain on is because I know that you come in contact with so many people on a daily basis who are looking to lose weight. So I feel like you're the ideal person to ask um, what are the biggest barriers to weight loss that you see in users? Because people always talk about, you know, falling off the wagon or cravings or, you know, uh, lack of sleep or snacking. Like what are the things that the everyday person is really struggling with and it's really impacting their ability to achieve that weight loss goal? Yeah, well, I think you've you've touched on a few of the really big ones there. So yeah, as you say, there's definitely a lot of barriers that people struggle with. I mean, weight loss is so multifaceted and there's psychological, emotional, physical barriers. And um, But certainly, yeah, some of the most common ones cravings and um, or feeling hungry when on a diet is quite um, one that comes up. So our members will sort of ask um, how how do I deal with cravings for all the foods that I really like or what if I'm feeling very hungry how do I deal with this and I'll, I'll often say that um, you, you shouldn't actually need to have extreme cravings um, it depends whether it's an emotional or a physical one and certainly there's no need to feel overly hungry when losing weight either so there are things you can look at to see why that might be happening so number one is look at the food choices that you're making already um, if you are eating plenty of fiber protein sort of making sure that your meals are based around those two really filling nutrients bulking out meals with low energy density foods like fruits and vegetables and making sure that you're trying to avoid having too many refined carbohydrates, sugary foods that are going to mess with your blood sugar levels potentially because that's when we start to feel this um, peaks and troughs in blood sugars that cause us to kind of crave sugary foods or feel particularly hungry. Um, So you can certainly look at the types of food you're eating and whether there's better choices there for sustaining sort of energy levels. And on that same line, look at the pattern of your um, meals as well. So if you're eating breakfast and then you realise it's five hours later until you tend to get to lunch and you're absolutely ravenous, make sure that you've got a snack to hand. Try not to forget about your need to sustain yourself. So um, eat more regularly if you're someone who gets very hungry um, and just try and plan in sort of healthier snacks. And another thing that I often say is... Um, Try to avoid cutting out all your favourite foods. So when people talk about cravings, um, it might be that 
if you're someone who loves pizza and you eat pizza every weekend and then you go on a diet and you decide you're never going to eat it again, you're probably going to feel quite deprived and quite sad and um, just think about it a lot. So it can develop this almost huge desire for it. So a big piece of advice I always have is don't cut out your favourite foods. It's really not necessary. It's about striking the right balance, thinking about portion size a little bit more um, and just planning it in around an otherwise healthier diet. Um so you can have a couple of slices of pizza at the weekend, but maybe just serve it alongside a big side salad so that you're bulking it out with um, really nutritious stuff. Another piece of advice is um, it's, it's the 80-20 the rule, as we talk about. So eat well 80% of the time and the other 20%, you've got a bit of flexibility to um, have a few of those treat foods um, just to satisfy that sort of um, need for those less healthy options so to speak and then I also wanted to ask you about exercise because you know diet being one aspect of weight loss but also you know we're often told okay to lose weight you want to be a little bit more active you want to move more how important is exercise to weight loss you know do you have to work out to lose weight and is there a specific workout that you know is better than another one when you are trying to lose weight yeah uh, this is another really interesting question. It is something that comes up um, quite a lot with our members. So we do have certain people who aren't um, able to do any exercise. So, of course, it's concerning to them. Um, they want to know, if I can't exercise, am I not going to be able to lose weight? And the truth is, no, that's not the case at all. Weight loss is essentially about creating an energy deficit, a calorie deficit. So that can be achieved either through eating less food moving more or a combination of the two. But ultimately, your diet is about 70 to 80% of the equation. So in short, exercise is not essential for weight loss, but it is very helpful. So definitely, studies will show that people who do a combination of healthier eating and exercise will have more long-term results. Um, it's about that sort of balanced approach to life. So in terms of the type of exercise, this also comes up. I think often people want, don't they, the, the magic bullet, you know, which one do I need to do? Which one's going to get me the best results? And it sounds like a broken record, but I'm always like, honestly, whatever you enjoy doing, truthfully, if, the only way you're going to keep doing it is if you actually enjoy it to some extent. So Yes, of course, running has many benefits. It's a great calorie burner. It's great for our cardiovascular health. But if you just really don't like to run, then please don't make yourself do it. <laughs> there are plenty of other ways that you can move your body. So really find something that you enjoy and do regularly. And this is any kind of moving your body. But there are so many choices. So cardiovascular exercise like running or walking or cycling is great for burning calories and um, improving our sort of heart health and things. But things like resistance training, so where we're lifting weights, um, is fantastic for sort of long-term benefits. And this is something I actually massively advocate and think everyone should do more of. Um, it's actually really great for sort of long-term health because we're maintaining muscle mass in doing that. And sadly, all of us, when we get to a certain age, we start to lose a part of our muscle mass. Certainly women of a certain age, unfortunately, it gets harder and harder. So if you're doing something that can maintain that, what that actually does is maintains a healthy metabolism as well because our muscle sort of burns calories all day long. Um, so incorporating something like that will be really great for long-term success. And just mixing up, trying to just do a combination of things. Um, but as I say, 
make sure that you enjoy it to some extent as well so that you'll do it on a regular basis. That is <laughs> such a good point. And I think it's really not something that we discuss enough when we're discussing health and well-being. I must say, I, I've <laughs> tried to force myself to run so many times over the years, but it just doesn't work if it's not something that you do regularly. Um, I don't know about you, but I actually, I must say, I'm a big fan of NEAT exercises. Oh, yeah. um, so essentially what that stands for is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So it's the energy expended for everything that we do that isn't sleeping, eating or, you know, a purposeful activity like sports or running or <laughs> jogging or any of those kind of things. Um, and I think what really attracts me to it is that it's easy to integrate it into my day to day. So, you know, if I'm catching a train, I can choose to take the stairs instead of the escalator, or I can just choose to walk down the escalator instead of standing, or I can choose to go and carry my groceries home, which is, you know, essentially lifting a little bit of weight. Something that I'm a big fan of is uh, squatting while waiting for the kettle to boil. Um, I really enjoy tea, so I drink a lot of tea. So it turns into a lot of squats throughout the day. Um, also even like lifting weights in front of the TV. So yeah, that's just something that I find really works for me. But I must say, I've been, you know, I, I do a few other things, but I like neat exercise is really like my main base. And I've been doing it for many, many years. And it's really helped me to maintain kind of muscle tone and things like that. I actually read some really interesting research recently about um, the groups. It was looking at groups of people around the world that um, live the longest and healthiest lives and sort of things that they had in common so what was it about their lifestyle that meant that they lived longer and one of the things was just that they naturally moved more and that just meant that it was part of their job for example or they tended to their own gardens or they did all their own housework um, and it was just almost like unconsciously they were just quite active throughout the day but they actually didn't they didn't run marathons they didn't climb mountains they didn't need to do that for long-term health they just needed to generally move more when it comes to weight loss and dieting, there are a ton of dieting myths and misconceptions floating around, in particular about weight loss. Eating diet foods, so low fat, sugar free, light, is the only way to lose weight. <laughs> True or false? Oh, absolutely false. Please don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, again, there are all sorts of things out there, aren't they? And it's easy to be lured into um thinking that you need to eat those kinds of foods. And this all comes down to, again, this um, there's a bit of a lack of awareness among certain people about what actually is a healthy diet. So it's easy to be led by these well-marketed foods and to think that they're the best option. They're absolutely not. I mean, they can be part of a healthy diet, um, but it's about balance. It's about looking at the overall nutrient profile of your diet just choose things like um, more high fiber foods, lean proteins, plenty of fruits and vegetables. Just try and base your meals around those. Don't think that you need to be spending huge amounts of money on expensive products because it says it's some miracle cure that's going to help you lose five pounds in a week. <laughs> that's that's a trap and it's just a way to waste your money, unfortunately. You can just eat whole foods, cook from scratch a little bit more um, and just little small changes like that. Uh, yeah, going to lead to success in the long run. Amazing. So eat food that 
you can distinguish as food <laughs> yeah. and it, you should be okay. Yeah, absolutely. And then what about fats? So there's this idea that fat makes you fat. Is that true or can I lose weight or be a healthy weight while eating fat? You absolutely can. So yes, that's not true. Um, yeah, low fat diets were all the rage, weren't they, sort of back in the day. Um, in the 60s. Yeah, it was very much this belief, yeah, that fat was associated with making us fat. And there's some element of fat is the most nutrient-dense, um, calorie-dense, sorry, nutrient. So it's got nine calories per gram, whereas carbs and protein have four. So it's easier to eat a lot more calories when you eat a high-fat food. So that's something to be mindful of. But actually, fat itself is not bad for us. There are two. There are different types of fats. And actually, if you're including the healthy sort of unsaturated fats in your diet... That's really good for your heart health. It's good for cell health. Actually can help with satiety and things. So it's important to include those. And even things like our fat-soluble vitamins um, need, need fat to be able to be absorbed. So it's an important part of our diet. It's just about striking that balance of eating the right types of fats, but also the overall energy density of your diet um, and, they, and just making sure that you're sticking within um, the right levels. Because um, I definitely think that eating a little bit of fat, as someone who, when they were younger, before I had any nutrition training, I promise, um, definitely followed like that high carb kind of lower fat approach because that's what I thought was was the right thing to do. I definitely noticed that when introducing more fat into my diet, I felt so much fuller for longer, but also more energized. And for women in particular, you know, hormonally, I think having a good amount of healthy fats can really kind of balance your hormones and kind of stabilize that aspect as well. Um, brilliant. And I'm going to throw the same thing about carbs because <laughs> I think a big trend at the moment is cutting carbs for weight loss. Um, it seems to be the thing to do. And I know there's so much we could say about carbs, but just specifically when it comes to losing weight, is cutting carbs the way to go? Can I get quicker weight loss? We often see these headlines, don't we? Carbs will make you fat. And it's definitely one of the things that comes up a lot to me is people are like, oh, I'm, I'm cutting out the bread and I'm, I'm cutting all these things out because that's how I'm going to lose weight and falling into this idea that you have to go low carb. Ultimately, you could potentially see a slightly faster weight loss if you went low carb. Initially, we lose quite a bit of water weight and also... Um, they're a bit more restrictive, so you might not be have as much choice of food. So you may see slightly faster initial weight loss, and that has been shown in some of the studies. But actually, long-term, comparing low-fat diets with low-carb diets, there's no difference in the success of them in the long-term. Um, so it really is finding what works for you. Um, and another point to note, though, is that it tend, if you do tend to go lower carb, you're probably going to eat a little bit more protein. And protein is a very filling nutrient. And often people eating a little bit more protein do find that they find it a little bit easier to stick to their calorie target and it can help with weight loss. So there is that side of the argument that potentially eating a slightly higher protein um, diet, which generally means slightly lower carb, may be beneficial for some people um, when it comes to weight loss. But it's absolutely not necessary for everyone. It's about finding what suits you um, and suits your energy levels better. Um, so 
in short, no, we don't. You don't have to cut out carbs, um, but you might find that lowering them a little bit and eating a bit more protein could help you. So it's worth a try if that suits you. If not, keep enjoying the carbs. Just choose the right type. So it's the whole grains, the high fiber. That's what we want more of. I think it's this throwing around this idea that there is, as I say, one one size fits all. Yeah. Um, you know, someone can eat a high carb diet their entire life and be a healthy weight. Like that, it's not inherently going to make you overweight. And someone else might find it doesn't suit them, and it makes them feel a little bit sluggish. So it's just find what works for you. Find what makes you feel good, um, and make those choices. So. I know what I have to eat now. (laughs) Um, Let's talk cost, because I think cost, particularly the cost of living, cost of food is a really big thing on people's minds at the moment. And there is this idea that healthy eating is expensive. Is that true? Can I eat well on a budget or, you know, is it out of my reach if I'm if I'm is it out of my reach if I'm on a lower income? Absolutely not. No, um, I yeah I do understand this sort of slight concern there with um, thinking that if you've got to buy a, a lot of fresh produce and things like that, that it's going to cost more. But you can absolutely make healthy choices um, on a budget. So things like pulses, tin pulses are so affordable and they're so good for us. Just you're bulking out your meals with those, you know, or make. Make a spaghetti bolognese and just replace half the meat with some lentils to bulk it out. And that's going to save you money, um, make the meal go further. And it's just going to be really, really good for you. There are plenty of resources. If you just do a quick Google search for sort of um, cheaper, healthy meals, you will find things that you can try on a budget um, that's that's going to suit you, that will be very nutritious. Um, and as we said, you do not have to buy these expensive, specifically diet foods. It's just about looking for those healthier choices in, in the meals that you're already having. So just balancing out a little bit, take a little bit of the meat out, replace it with some extra fruits and vegetables, things like that. So yeah, I think it's it's definitely doable and we don't want people to feel that they don't have access to healthy eating because of cost because it's all just about learning a little bit more about what is nutritious and, and what isn't and, and just trying to eat less of the snacky foods and things like that that might not be um, giving you the best nourishment really. Definitely and I think that's kind of where the cost can go up as well. And also I think realising, because um, sometimes when we do talk about health and well-being, a lot of things about like organic and like, you know, all of these expensive brand names and things come up. But the reality is that non-organic, tinned, frozen um is still more nutritious than not having those versions of healthy foods. So, you know, having the frozen fish or the frozen vegetables or, you know, the tinned pulses, as you say, is still so much more nutritious than avoiding those foods simply because you can't go for the organic or the brand name and you can make delicious meals out of that. So just kind of remembering that it doesn't have to be the fancy stuff. Everyday basic food that's actually really what nourishes the body yeah that is that is a very good point about the frozen and tinned as you say I think there is this slight belief that those are not as healthy um, and actually that's just not true. Um, often vegetables get frozen really soon after picking so they actually contain um, more of their nutrients than maybe fresh food that might have been sat there for a while. So they can be a really good op- um, option So and they do tend to be more affordable. So yeah, absolutely. Look for those 
like fresh um the the vegetables and um meats and fish for example in the frozen section and just try and avoid those sort of processed ready meals um down that aisle (laughs) yeah no definitely great points so i only have time for one more question which makes me very sad but i think i have a good one to end on a vegan diet is best for weight loss true or false um false (laughs) (laughs) um yeah definitely that is a big thing. I think a lot of people think that um, a vegan diet is inherently healthier than, say, an, an omnivorous diet. Um, and that's not necessarily the case. So a vegan diet can be very, very healthy. I think if you're um, making sure that you're still very aware of your food choices, making it nutrient balanced, um, it can be a really healthy approach. But equally, you could essentially live off chips every day on a vegan diet, you know, that's so, and that wouldn't be a good choice. And you can still overeat on a vegan diet. And essentially weight loss is coming down to the total energy of your diet. So um, you don't have to go vegan or completely plant-based to lose weight. I think it's a good option for all of us to be a bit more mindful about trying to eat a bit more plant-based foods, certainly good for our health, very good for our gut health and things which um, is tied into weight loss. So I think trying to get that um, in there a little bit more but it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. You know, there's certainly um, meats and fishes and things like that which are really really good for us and can form part of a healthy diet that can lead to weight loss as well. So what I'm really hearing is that it's not about a specific diet it's about the foods that you're eating within whatever that dietary approach that you choose to follow so be it vegan, pescatarian, omnivorous, vegetarian, lacto-ovo-vegetarian, <laughs> whatever it is, it's about the foods that you choose within within that approach to eating. Yeah, absolutely. It does all come down to that. And just a balanced approach is just trying to get more of those good nutritious foods in and just a little bit less of the foods that don't really offer us um, as much nutritionally. Um, yeah, and that's going to be your best bet long term. Amazing. Well, Emma, that's all we have time for. But thank you so, so much for taking the time to be here. This was a really interesting conversation. And I know it's one that's going to be so valuable for a lot of our listeners. For anyone that would like to find out more about Emma and NutriCheck, you can find all the links on our podcast page on bbcgoodfood.com forward slash podcasts. Thanks for listening to this episode of the BBC Good Food Podcast. Join us on Thursday for our bonus cook-along recipe. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.